Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with Icy. Welcome if this is indeed your first time around these parts. I'm just going to jump straight into this week's episode, if that's alright with you, because we've got a fair bit to cover. Now, in last week's episode, we did the folklore of butterflies, and this week I thought it would be quite cool to have a look at bees. Now, one of the things that inspired this post was, after the horrific fire at Notre Dame, my favourite news story that came out of that was the fact that the 180,000 bees who live in hives on the roof of Notre Dame were all okay and they completely survived their encounter mostly because all the smoke put them to sleep. So I did quite like the fact that they essentially had a bit of a snooze and slept through the whole thing. And it just goes to show how awesome bees are and they are absolutely vital to life on earth. They're amazing pollinators, much like butterflies, but there are some crops that only bees pollinate. They promote biodiversity and they're just brilliant. I absolutely love bees. And because of the fact that they have been so beloved by humanity, there are quite a lot of folklore and superstitions about these fun little insects. So we're going to dive straight in and we're going to start off with bees in mythology. So in the ancient Greek, Roman and Celtic societies, people believed bees acted as messengers between our world and the next. So In Greece and Rome in particular, they believed that the bees were the particular messengers of the gods. And in the Celtic society, it was about the bees basically passing between our world and the other world. Now, the Celts also saw bees as being incredibly wise. And James Slavin points out that in Scotland's Western Isles, the bees were actually thought to embody the ancient knowledge of the Druids. Elsewhere, bees were sacred to the Irish goddess Bridget, and she actually had an apple orchard in the other world, and her bees brought her the nectar from those trees. And the products from these insects were so valuable that even the rivers of the other world ran with mead. The ancient Egyptians were quite big fans of the bee. There's actually a picture on my blog post for this episode, which is www.icysedgwick.com forward slash bees hyphen folklore of a bee in a hieroglyphic panel that was actually found at Karnak and that's quite cool. And the ancient Egyptians believed that honeybees came from the tears of Ra, the sun god. They also believed that bees in flight were delivering messages from Ra so you wouldn't really interrupt one while it was busy because it was essentially on the job. Now the Romans believed that Jupiter was the one who gave the bee its sting. He decided to give it something to defend itself so it could look after its honey stocks and everything. His wife Juno was like, that's a pretty precious weapon that you've just given them. And she actually insisted that the bees repay Jupiter in some way for such a precious gift. And that's why bees die when they sting you. And in ancient Greece, some people believed that bees were the source of priestesses. Uh, Elsewhere, you do get similar things of bees representing something much like butterflies in the last episode representing the soul. In Christianity, St Bernard actually claimed that the bees symbolised the Holy Ghost. And this is a total side issue, but as well as being the patron saint of commercial greetings cards and heart-shaped plastic tat, St Valentine was also the patron saint of beekeepers, which is quite interesting. The Greeks also believed that if a bee landed on a baby's lips, they'd go on to become a mighty speaker or a great poet. 
And it's not actually all that surprising that Norse mythology offers something very similar in the form of the mead of poetry. In this particular, honey drink would bestow poetic inspiration and wisdom on anyone who actually drank it. Now, in The Law of the Honey Bee by Tickner Edwards, he actually relates an origin myth of the honey bee. And this is for ancient Rome, but it also works for Greece as well. So the god Saturn had a bit of a nasty habit of eating his children at birth. So his wife, Ops, actually hid his newest son, Jupiter, on the island of Crete. Jupiter is basically the Roman equivalent of Zeus in Greece. So Ops left Jupiter slash Zeus with Melissa and Amalthea, the king's daughters. Now they decided to hide Jupiter in a cave where there were some wild bees living. And they gave their honey to Melissa to then feed the baby god. There are other versions of the story I should point out in which his nurses continually made noises to hide Jupiter's squalling so that his father couldn't find him. And that noise then drew the bees to the cave and they took over Jupiter's care. So to repay them for their kindness, Jupiter gave them a special gift to help with the propagation of the species. Unfortunately, the myth doesn't explain what that is. uh, But it's quite a nice idea of bees looking after a baby. There are plenty of sayings about bees as well, and my particular favourite is that bees apparently hum at midnight on Christmas Eve to herald the birth of Jesus, which I think is just an absolutely lovely mental image. Uh, In Cornwall, if you needed to actually move a hive, you could only do so on Good Friday. Elsewhere, people say that if you're going to move a hive, you have to let the bees know in advance. A Cornish saying followed that if you could throw a handkerchief over a bee swarm, you could claim the whole swarm and plenty of luck with it which is always nice. And this is where you start to see the association with good luck and bees. You can't buy or sell a hive as bees don't like being bought or sold. So if you are buying them, you can pay for them with the first piece of honeycomb that you get from the hive, which you just give to the the, the previous owner. Or you can barter for them with other items that are of the same value because of how valuable bees are. Speaking of value, a bee landing on your hand means that money is on the way. If one lands on your head, it means that success will be yours. They aren't going to sting you. There's literally no reason for a bee to sting you because then it'll die. So why would it bother? They're not like the kamikaze wasps that you get. So if you do see a bee wandering around, just let it get on with its its business. Bees do often represent prosperity and actually wearing honeybee charms is sometimes seen as a good way to attract wealth. The The associations really aren't that difficult to see, particularly given how industrious and productive bees are. And incidentally, ladies, if you want to know if your husband has been cheating on you, lead him past a beehive and you'll only be stung if he's been unfaithful. Bees flying into your house mean a visitor will soon arrive. I have also read somewhere else that this applies if they just fly around the window as well. Killing the bee means the visitor will only bring bad news for you. And that would obviously also be bad news for the bee as well. Don't try and force the bee back out the house. Just leave the window open and it'll get out on its own. If you force it, it'll take you a good look with it. And I always think that's the way that you can tell the difference between bees and wasps. If I open a window and it flies out, it was a bee. If it just keeps flying into the glass of the open window, it was probably either a wasp or a blue ball, whichever. Because of their value, bees actually became extended members of the family. And whenever there were births, weddings, a big move or a death, a family member would go and tell the bees what had happened. If they didn't, the bees might take offence and either leave the hive or stop producing honey altogether. Now considering that the departure of bees from the hive was seen as an omen of death, you could see why people would be quite keen to keep them happy. It's also important to speak to bees in a calm voice and you should absolutely never swear at them because again, they might take offence and leave. 
In Wales, though, there's a belief that the family member had to tell the bees about a death before the funeral took place, and this is particularly important if it was the bees' master that had died. They would also add a black ribbon to the hive to help keep death from paying the household another visit. If, after they were told about the death, the bees chose to stay with the family, they'd sit and hum. In Ireland, the family would decorate the hives with black cloth, and they would also leave the bees their share of any food from the funeral. If you're going to get married, you should tell your bees, and women would often leave a piece of their wedding cake for them. We're going to have a quick detour into death omens because we have already briefly touched on them, but the departure of bees from their hive wasn't the only death omen that involves them. And if you see a swarm that lands on a dead tree branch, it means death will soon follow for either the person who sees them or someone in the beekeeper's family. And a bee swarm getting into the house was also considered an ill omen. So unlike one bee flying into your house, which would bring good luck with it, this is basically, oh my god, this is a horrible thing, it's a swarm. Also, incidentally, if a bee flies in your house and then dies in the house, it's actually brought bad luck. So, And obviously don't kill it because that's ridiculously unlucky. Now, the final thing I want to talk about is the healing power of honey, because you can't really talk about bees and not talk about honey. So if you've got a sore throat, then I highly recommend that you go and get yourself some Manuka honey. Let a teaspoon of that dissolve in lemon and ginger tea and then enjoy it while it's hot. Repeat that until the sore throat eases. That's not folklore, that's literally what I use when I get a bad throat. Um, It tastes amazing and it's fab. Obviously, you can get different factors of Manuka honey for how many antibacterials and whatnot there is in it but there you go even regular honey will also help because it does have antiseptic properties but the healing power of honey manuka or otherwise is fairly well documented and in scotland people used to make a cure from heather honey whiskey and cream that they would take for wasting diseases although that actually does sound quite nice if you take the whiskey out Honey was even so valuable in ancient Egypt that sometimes they would give it as a gift for the dead or they would bury it with their mummies so that the mummies could then take the honey into the afterlife with them. And in some cases, bodies were even preserved in honey. And while I was researching this post, I came across a really rancid story about some grave robbers that happened to break open one of the jars that they found in a tomb. And they went, oh, mint, it's full of honey, and started eating it. And then one of them realised that there was hair in it. And then when they actually investigated further, it was actually preserving the remains of a small child. So if you happen to come across random containers of honey, probably best to check that they're actually sanitary before you start eating it. But anyway, some people used to believe that a bee sting could either prevent or cure rheumatism. I personally wouldn't recommend that one, considering people can be allergic to bee venom. But that's what people used to believe. And also, dreaming about a bee sting can actually show that you're overcoming a painful event in your past. If, however, you dream about bees and you're not being stung by them, that's a sign of good luck, wealth and hard work. So that's a good thing to think of. Now, of all the things that I've featured on this blog, I really do think that bees are probably one of my favourites. Their rich folklore really reflects their value to humanity. And the value of the honey helps to explain why they often represent good luck and prosperity in folklore. And whether they're wise, messengers for the gods, or bringers of good fortune, they're a vital part of any community, really. Uh, I am going to include a link to the Friends of the Earth website so you can find out what you can do to help bees in your area, because this is quite an important thing that we can all do. If you have dandelions, for example, in your garden, don't cut them yet, because it's a source of, of nectar for them quite early on in the year, and so on. There's just little things like that that you can do to help the bees. 
If you want to check out any of the images to go with this post, particularly that awesome one of the Bay Hieroglyphic, the address again is www.icysedgwick.com forward slash bees hyphen folklore. And you can also leave me a comment, any cool little superstitions you might know about bees, or just basically post a comment and we can have a bit of a chat. As I mentioned last week, I am now also on Patreon. So if you want to support this podcast and the blog and all that kind of jazz for basically a dollar a month, you'll get all this content plus a few extras and so on. If you want to support, that would be absolutely fab and it will help me to keep making these for you. And if you go to patreon.com forward slash Sedgwick, you'll find all of the details there. Thanking you so much in advance. That's it for this week's show. Next week, we're going to have a look at the Devil's Dawning Needle, which is the dragonfly. So I hope to see you then. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com. And that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead and I'll see you soon. Cheerio.